Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, we're officially in the offseason. Now, we've done this on the YouTube channel, but of course, this is a podcast for you, exclusive podcast subscribers, so make sure you subscribe right now wherever you listen to this. Uh, so I wanted to kind of go over uh, the um, you know press conference, go to the end of the season press conference with uh, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. Uh, you know, I know it's been about, been about about a week, but, you know, just, just some important takeaways in case you didn't really watch it. And Boone was on for about 30 minutes, taking some questions, and Cashman came after that for about 40 minutes. Um, no big reveals, but this is the fact that it kind of confirms that, again, both Cashman and Boone will be staying. Um, you know, people speculating whether Howell just want a clean house after this way the Yankees were swept by the Astros. I, I said originally, you know, in previous episodes that it wasn't going to be the case. You just didn't get that feeling, and it kind of confirms that. And just for the fact that Cashman was doing this press conference, Technically, after his, his contract expired, which was October 31st. So technically, he's working like off the books or working for free. So this goes to show you the relationship just then and there, the, the way he's just doing this, acting as the general manager while he's not technically even on the contract. Now, he has done this in the past, but it still just goes to show probably the, 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 the strength of that relationship between uh, Cashman and the Steinbrenner family. And of course, Cashman with the Yankee organization. And he's been there for the better part of over across four decades. I think he started off as some sort of young staffer back in the late 80s. So, again, he has a big, pretty, pretty deep footprint there. So, I again, I wasn't all that shocked that he was going to be called back. And, of course, Boone didn't make sense that they would blame him for the, the loss. And, again, he's Cashman's guy. They just gave him a three-year deal before that. Okay, they could fire Boone, but you still have to pay him for another two years. And I just don't think they're going to want to flush money like that. When I, Again, you could, there's some things you could point to Boone, some mistakes he made. But overall, I don't think it was his fault. And similar, yeah, I just think Cashman did the best he could. It's just, yeah, I think the Yankees were just too overwhelmed. Too many guys went down with injuries. And again, just facing a better Houston team there. You would like to take a game or two, but hey, you got swept. But nevertheless, you weren't going to beat Houston either way. Uh, so to, to go nuts and clean house, I understand. Hey, look, they haven't won anything since 2009. But at the same point, too, you know, you look at Boone himself. I meant his first two years, he wins over 100 games. Uh, 2021, obviously 2020s, the, the COVID-shortened season. So, you know, obviously you don't have an opportunity to win 100 games, but at least it gets the team in the playoffs. Okay, they get bounced by Tampa. And then last year, again, not the greatest of years, but they do make the wild card being in the playoff hunt there because they don't win 100 games. But at least, again, Aaron Boone could at least put his chest and say, hey, look, my first five years as Yankee manager, I got this team in the playoff every year. Not too many people could say that. Uh, but nevertheless, this press conference is going to be about, you know, the two players you figure that they're going to bring up the most, and that was um, kind of Falefer and Donaldson. Um, and, you know, just the, the questions by the press, those seem to be the two players that the press probably feels responsible for the Yankees' woes. And I feel like kind of Falefer did not have really a good postseason in terms of his in, in fielding. Uh, and it was kind of like kind of a bit, bit of a merry-go-round. You, know, you saw Cabrera in there a little bit. You saw Peraza in there a little bit. Um, so it just seemed like a little bit of a merry-go-round. And so I can't make a couple of key errors, especially that um, – Game three that they lost in Cleveland, uh, you know, kind of fluffy made three bad plays in that game there. Uh, also made a bad play in game one as well. And then didn't end up costing the Yankees, but this fact, he was kind of sloppy in the field. So the press kind of, you know, made him as one of the goats for this series. And of course, Donaldson, who just looked completely um, had nothing, no life in him at, at the plate there. Again, gave you good defense. Okay, that's what you expect. But those were the two ones that uh, I guess Boone and Cashman fielded the most questions on. And I guess Boone had defended them both. Now with Donaldson, he kind of mentioned that, hey, look, you know, we had the, the lockout early in the season. Again, with the, the took a while to get a new collective bargain agreement in there. And he's figured, look, Donaldson's a veteran player. He didn't get his normal reps in and stuff like that, blah, 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 blah. Therefore, you know, he never really got the bat going. And he would have little glimpses during the season. We figure, all right, now he's going to get started. But then he would have a step back. So 
kind of made the excuse machine for Donaldson there. Again, he's kind of the player's manager, so you expect him to do that. And he mentioned with kind of fluff for that, hey, look, we look at analytics, we look at his fielding, stuff like that, and he's just as good as anybody, blah, 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 blah. So, again, that was best what Boone was able to do that. Now, it's interesting um, the point Cashman made on that one uh, with kind of Falefa. Kind of brought up the young guys, such as Volpe, and more or less kind of confirmed that, you know, kind of is just a placeholder until Volpe is ready. So, you know, you probably figure that if there were deals out there to be made, such as Luis Castillo, uh, I guess Cashman felt that his, you know, big shortstop prospect was worth keep holding on there. He kind of, you know, touted out there um, Volpe's name to sort of like, hey, look, he's our future, stuff like that. Kind of fluff, I know he's just a placeholder until Volpe gets ready. So you, that kind of is a signal right there when, when people might have asked, why couldn't you go after Castillo? Why couldn't you make, make maybe bigger, bigger splashes? During the trade deadline, it's like, hey, maybe teams were asking for Volpe and that was his hands off for him. And that apparently seems the gamble he's going to make there. And we'll see if that pays off for the future. Also interesting with um, Boone's kind of reiterated that, you know, the bullpen, mainly Clay Holmes, was hurt. I mean, we kind of figured that already. So he kind of mentioned that he, he was working with an antiquated bullpen as it is. And, there were, you know, just the way, you know, Holmes had to shut him down the last like six games of regular season. Didn't really want to use him in that um, game three there situation. Uh, instead of opting to go with Clark Schmidt in a big spot there, uh, which really should have been Clay Holmes. But again, they didn't want to use uh, Holmes for two games in a row there. So you knew Holmes was hurt, hurt and more or less Boone confirmed that. And then on the Cashman front, a couple of get interesting there. Again, the comments about the shortstop, you know, with the plans for Volpe there for the future. As well, I just mentioned Matt Carpenter that, you know, he was technically ready for that final, ser- uh, final series against Texas in the regular season. Uh, but again, Carpenter elected to go to the off, you know, you know, the off-field site in Florida. Figure he'll get more bats there because you know it kind of makes sense. If you even if you do start a game in Texas, there you're only going to get maybe maybe three or four at bats per game. Whereas if he you know just goes to the off-field site in Tampa, there at least he could face more live hitting, more more live action, try to get his bat in tune. But nevertheless, uh, was all for nothing. Again, he just looked totally unprepared, not really unprepared, just overmatched uh, against the Houston. Uh, pitching staff and again he had like his first plate appearance i think it was like nine strikeouts before he finally finally got a hit uh you know and, and i believe it was a game of three there in the five nothing uh blowout there so um so again it's an interesting little point there on carpenter and as for judge again they're all not indicating any way hope but they kind of just felt that the body language and the way i was speaking about him i think they're gonna really try everything humanly possible to bring him back so just based on the way they sounded I, right now, I'd put about 65 to 70% chance that Judge is back in a Yankee uniform. Just the way that, you know, the way that Cashman's working as a Yankee GM when he's not out of contract and the way just they're all speaking about each other, it seems like, again, very highly possibly Judge would be back. And uh, again, if you look at the other teams that could be out there to get him, again, anyone could just slip in the back door. But what really makes sense for other teams, and I know the, the team everyone's spoke, speaking about is the San Francisco Giants. As well, Judge grew up a Giants fan. Obviously, they're a team that's looking to make a leap there and bringing a big name like Judge would do that. But if the Giants, I mean, are, are they ready yet? You know, this season they finished in third place at 81-81. and 81. Um, Dodgers, of course, finished 30 games better, and you know they're still going to be phenomenal next season. We'll see if they bring Kershaw back there or not. And But also now they got San Diego above them, and this is not different San Diego team that started last year. And now this is a San Diego team that has uh, Juan Soto. So now you have Soto Machado in that lineup there, and they were kind of an up-and-coming team. So, you know, if you're the Giants – yeah, great. You could bring in Judge, but you're gonna have to bring in a lot, lot more to even leapfrog the second place team. Not that you forget about even thinking about the Dodgers. So, I don't think they're gonna go after Judge because Judge is 30. All right, you could sign up to a long term deal. You figure, all right, it's gonna probably take maybe two or three seasons for the Giants to legitimately be a contender. I mean, really strong contender there. And at that point, 
you know, you're kind of burning judge for three years and great. Now you bring some pieces around them. Maybe you have some couple guys in your farm system, but I don't know if it's worth this, you know, kind of laying judge around for three years until you really, really get good. Um, unless the Giants feel they're closer than that. I mean, yeah, you could bring it, you could go on a big spending spree, which again, the Giants have a lot of money coming off the books, but they're a team that's still about two or three years away. And this is the sign judge, put fannies in the seats. Eh, I don't think it's, it's not worth it. Uh, so I don't, they may not be really contender. Dodgers may make some more sense because of the Dodgers. They're crazy. They spend money and they don't care. And it's a big star attraction. And, you know, they could possibly woo judge. So I think even the Dodgers might be a bigger threat than the Giants. But again, we'll see how that all plays out. Of course, the Yankees, a lot of them electing free agency. Uh, we all know, of course, Judge, the big name there. Uh, you have uh, Chad Green, who again went down early this year with Tommy John. Chapman, which we know, and goodbye and good riddance. Brenton went down, so he's and uh, he also uh, elected for free agency. Uh, Marvin Gonzalez, Matt Carpenter, Jamison Tyone, kind of a stable starter there. Um, now, the Yankees did pick up the club option on Luis Severino, so they had a 2023 option for $15 million. I think that's good. Again, he proved himself. I mean, yeah, he missed a chunk of the season, but he was good. Uh, in his two playoff starts, I know he gave the three-run home run to Bregman, but overall he was good for the Yankees, and he has, you know, he has been good for the Yankees overall in the postseason. So for fifteen million dollars, again, you just got to hope he could stay healthy for a full season. But I think that's a good deal for them. Now, opting out of his deal, which we all kind of expected, was Anthony Rizzo, which you know, again, he signed a two-year deal, but with a one-year opt-out. But of course, the season he had, hitting thirty-one home runs, um, you know, really putting a stamp there. You knew he was going to opt out to get a bit a better deal. Now, it's not really a big surprise, and. You know, Cashman also mentioned the press conference, one of the uh, key points there, that he almost kind of expected it to happen, but he said he still would like to retain him. So, you know, even if he opts out, that doesn't mean he's gone. He could just maybe he just wants probably a longer term deal, maybe a four or five year deal. And it seems like Cashman would be open discussing that. So, again, just because he opted out does not mean he's gone. He could still very well come back. And again, the way Cashman was speaking about him, I think they were gonna, they're also going to try very hard to get Rizzo back. I think they liked him. They like him from the start. He just seems like to fit in really good with the Yankee uniform. Of course, you like his defense. You like his, his at-bats uh, and all that stuff. So, and of course, um, you know, combining him with Judge, um, you know, at some point, somewhere back-to-back in the lineup there, he just yields a lot of positive results. So, again, I think they're going to try to also keep Rizzo. Um, in terms of who they keep, keep me let go, you know, I, I would be open if they could bring Tyone uh, back on a reasonable deal. You know, you look at the Yankees next season, you still have Montos, even though he was a disappointment, but he's going to be there in the rotation. Of course, you have Nesta Cortez, you have Garrett Cole in the contract. Um, we'll, we'll see if uh, Herman, uh, if he's a factor or not. But, you know, it's not like they need Tyone, but I think they would like, you know, he performed, he pitched well enough. You know, I think he was decent in his two years in the Yankee uniform. I think he can handle it here. So, you know, I wouldn't be against, as long as it's not a ridiculous contract, I wouldn't be totally against him coming here. But we'll, we'll, that's one of the things we may be seeing. But this seems like it's the two big names. Rizzo and Judge, again, just based on the way Cashman was speaking about them, is going to try everything possible to bring them back at a reasonable as possible there. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll cross fingers and hope on that. And if Judge himself getting a couple of awards, um, the Hank Aaron Award, which you expect, and the most impressive offensive player, um, and that, that, that's that for the Yankees. And, you know, I think of all the guys, the bullpen guys that should come back, also Miguel Castro, sorry to mention him, he's also a free agent. Um, you know, I don't think any of them really worthwhile to bring back. I mean, Chad Green's coming off Tommy John. I mean, I just, I know I liked him as a Yankee, but you know, I just don't want someone coming back just from an injury like that and possibly, you know, if he hurt himself, so I'd rather people that are not hurt and established so like that. So I would not have him think about bringing back Chad Green. I would not think about bringing Zach Britton. Again, I liked him, but hurt too much for the Yankees. You spent a lot of money off them. So I just like to see them go elsewhere. Of course, Chapman is no way. I don't know if any, anyone, anyone in baseball might want to uh, take a flyer on him. Uh, in terms of offensive players, of course, Ben, oh yeah, sorry, better than as well, left me for free agency. We now want Ben Attendee back. Uh, again, he's a good player, but again, had that wrist injury and 
It's just I don't know how how strong that risk is going to be next season, so I would not risk money on there. The only one that I would kind of maybe kick the tires and bring back in terms of an offensive player is maybe Matt Carpenter. Now, you're probably not going to – I don't know if you're going to get the wonder Roy Hobbs, you know, Matt Carpenter that kind of surprises all this season. But at age 37, he's not going to command a big contract. So you could probably bring him in for one year, one mil or two mil, just to, all right, let's see if he still got it. And if he doesn't, fine, you can just cancel him, release him, and you only lost one or two mil. So he's not going to ask for a lot of years. So I would think about maybe bringing him back just to see. Uh, Again, just kind of kick the tires there on that one. So pitching-wise, Tyone, I'd be open to bring back. And then in terms of the offensive players – I'd be open to bringing back Carpenter. And of course, I would like to see them uh, maybe give a, you know, a deal to both Judge and Rizzo. So those guys, like the other guys can, you know, don't let the door hit. Not that I have anything against them, but, you know, don't, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, sort of sort of deal there. You know, maybe being a little nasty. But uh, so nevertheless, so that's kind of the big takeaways. You had the Boone um, and Cashman press conference. Uh, again, the press probably uh, vilified ICAF and Donaldson the most, just based on the questions he asked. But of course, as we know, Probably both of them will be back the next season just because Donaldson has one year left on that deal, $25 million. You know, if the Yankees could find a way to move him, but you're talking about a lot of money the Yankees are going to have to eat. I just don't know if they're going to be willing to. And, of course, kind of left will probably still be back and, again, a kind of a placeholder until um, Volpe, they feel, is ready for choice up there. And you've got some – and the Yankees have some options. Let's see how it goes along there. Um, if they move, happen to move one of those guys, maybe put IKF to play third base and then have Peraza or Cabrera at shortstop to at least start the season in 2023. But – Remains to be seen there. And again, the Yankees have some other, you know, quote unquote, dead weight to worry about. Yes, of the Hicks contract, I think he has another two years left. You're paying him about $10 million a year, and good, his body looks shot this season. I don't know if he has it, has it left to really be a good quality outfielder. So that's going to be interesting. And you got to worry about DJ LeMayo. Now, he did get a gold glove for the utility man, as you know, but uh, he's damaged goods right now. And uh, again, uh, another uh, good point from the, the, the uh, Cashman part of the press conference that he mentioned that. Uh, LeMayo still hasn't addressed the injury. So he has, again, the fracture in the foot. Now they still haven't decided yet whether they go for surgery or quote unquote, non-surgical, you know, treatment, try to get that, get them ready for spring training. Uh, but you know, just the fact that he still has this injury is problematic. And you have to look at me, 34 years old now, and this is two years in a row that the Yankees, he wasn't there for the Yankees the last game, you know, the last games of the year when they needed the most. Uh, and you have to worry about him again. He's a fan favorite. We all like him. We all wanted him back. But now, you know, this is a situation where, you know, he's almost like a damaged goods guy that you now have to worry about for the next three or four seasons. You know, can he, his body hold up? He just looks like it's breaking down. So, and, um, you know, they had him see three specialists. They still haven't decided yet. But again, it just looks like we're never going to see the full, complete, healthy, you know, machine DJ LeMayu that we, you know, we remember from 2018, 2019, 2020, and so forth. Uh, you know, it seems like that guy's not there. Um, so, um, unfortunately, you know, he's just has had injuries past couple of seasons, the foot injury this season, last season had the hip issue, had the, uh, the appendix issue as well. And this whole, so is, you know, it's, so you look at Donaldson Hicks and LeMayu, his three guys, you know, well into their thirties making significant money and just not giving the value in the field. And, you know, is cash going to find a way to move them out? We'll see. Uh, so those are some of the questions to be asked there. So hope you liked the episode, Section 420 Talking Yankees. Again, we're going to be a long way to hear the, the entire offseason. So uh, remember, hit the like or subscribe button and get notified when new episodes come up. Catch you next time.